Hello, BrainTap Nation. This is Dr. Patrick Porter here again, bringing you cutting edge information. And over the years, we've been doing a lot of work with Parker and meeting great doctors there. And then I ran into the next guest who's an author, public speaker. He's a veteran. He's an entrepreneur. He's an award-winning coach. And what really intrigued me is he's a sports doctor. And we're getting more and more into working with sports with BrainTap. And he has some pretty powerful things to say. He's traversed the journey of being homeless. If you can imagine that. Then he was inspired to join the military. He became a leader that he is today. He has over 15 years combined teaching, coaching experience in high school and state in the state of Texas, which, as you know, that's like the professional league. You know, so if you, you go there, uh, sports are a religion there. And yeah. He's held a principal administration certificate. He's taught universities for the past 10 years. And as he served in the Army for eight years prior to earning his bachelor's degree, he's been there, done that. And he went to Mississippi State University. And since earning that master's of education and leadership, uh, he's done a lot as a doctor, a doctor of chiropractic. He's the <clears throat> master of strength and performance. And I would say that he's a master of recovery because that's what you need in sports. You need that way to recover. So he's been on TV, radio, podcast. He's been all over the world. He's been keynoting. And who I'm talking about is Dr. Davis McAllister. Uh, Dr. McAllister, welcome to the podcast. And thank you for having me. Yeah, I was so impressed when we get to get to speak with you. I think we started talking <clears throat> at times during the Parker event and come by the booth and we'd see you walking around and then uh, we got uh, talking about, hey, can you share your journey with our doctors? Because, you know, everyone needs to have a little motivation and find out what had happened. So tell us a little bit about your background and your and your journey. I mean, how did you go from being homeless to joining the military to uh, then going to school in chiropractic? Most people think after eight years in the military, hey, it's time to get out there and get a job and do what you want to do. But you went to school. So tell us about that journey. So uh, when I was in high school, I, you know, I'm an 80s kid. So kind of dates me a little bit and um you know my home life I, it you know I have no doubt that my parents loved me but it was it was uh you know very tenuous type relationship um very tense all the time and and eventually it finally just came to a head and you know my dad just said get out um and uh so you know that that was my option I was given five minutes to grab whatever I could and get out the door and found myself on the streets. I was sleeping under the bleachers outside of the school, um, you know, scrounging up food wherever I could and, and did that for about three and a half months. And then uh, finally, you know, managed to get in contact with a recruiter and they said, you know, we'll, we'll feed you, we'll clothe you, we'll, you know, pay you, to, you know, give you a place to stay, just do what we need you to do. And so, I said, sign me up. And so <laughs> that's what I did. I, and I did ended up doing that for eight years. And I enjoyed my time in. There was a lot that I had to learn. There was a lot that I had to unlearn uh, through that process. And, you know, we, we'll get into a little bit, but you know, it's about that mental change that has to take place, um, you know, from, you know, overcoming certain things and, and certain mentalities and certain thought processes and, and you don't know what you don't know and the thing is is if you don't intentionally replace it with something else you're just going to revert back to what you do know right wrong or otherwise and you're just going to continue to repeat the same cycle over and over again so okay. yeah i love that and you, you talk about phases of success because a lot of people just want to say i remember when i graduated you know i get this phd and i go back to my office and nothing really changed 
There was no yeah. light at my door waiting for people to see me. <laughs> you know, yeah. Basically, you, you, that's when you start the work. So tell me about these phases of success, because we talked a little bit about it. I thought, wow, that's pretty powerful. People mm -hmm. need to understand the process of success. So why don't you go ahead and share that with us? Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> kind of looking back over my journey of everything, I, I went through four phases. And so my first phase was success for survival, you know. Um, basically, you know, you, the, the ultimate goal is to get off the street and, you know, establish myself and, you know, try to get my life on track and, and, you know, overcome all the things that I had to overcome and, and get on track and get on purpose with my life. And so that was my, you know, success for, you know, survival. And then you progress to, um, you know, the next one is, uh, succeeding, uh, for rebellion. And for me, it was, you know, one of those that if you tell me I'm not going to succeed, guess what? I'm fixing to show you wrong. And, you know, there's that little bit of determination and, and uh, people that tell you that you can't do it. And you're like, watch me. And there was plenty of times that, that I you know, was able to do that. I don't think that that's the optimal way to approach things. I don't think that at the time <clears throat> in, in my level of maturity that I had at the time, that was my motivation. So and then the next next phase is just succeeding just for the sake of succeeding you finally graduate and you mature out of that out of that process and uh of, of rebellion and survival and and then you finally get to this phase of you know what i want to succeed just because i want to succeed and you know that that's where i was at by the time i got out of the service and uh you know started going to school and I wanted to succeed just because I wanted to succeed and, and because, you know, that's what was important to me at the time. And that eventually it should transition to success for purpose and figuring out what is your purpose? Why are you here? You know, what is your drive? What is your passion? What, what are the things that uh, you're most knowledgeable about? And then how do you take those things and apply them to a purpose and live for that purpose from that point on? And so that that's, you know, my final phase that that I've gotten to and and I'm running full tilt with it and trying to serve my purpose. And, um, and and there's things that you learn about yourself through all that. There's talents that you didn't even realize you may have had along that journey and um, that you can add into that toolbox and toolkit of of things that you can use to be able to serve your purpose. Yeah. What, what was it like to have that flip, like flip that switch from uh, survivor kind of success to now life on purpose. I mean, a lot of people are out there still trying to survive after what's happened after the last three years. You know, they're they're still trying to find themselves, what they're going to do and how they're going to proceed. Yeah. What, what was your like enlightening moment that like Saul had his way to Damascus, got hit by lightning? What what happened with you? Yeah. So the the I'll be honest with you, my my journey of purpose of, of being able to serve people and help people started long before that. Uh, it was actually while I was in practice, I, you know, found myself in a position where uh, my wife had gotten really, really sick and I needed to transition from, uh, you know, the level of practice. At one point in time, I had two two locations going and uh, trying to balance that. And, um, you know, we had kids we, at the time we had uh, five kids and at home and they ranged from, you know, high school all the way down to, you know, down to diapers and so um you know and, and you're there's times that you may dip back down into that success for survival at times because you know things happen um and that's kind of where we ended up i had 
started progressing. We were succeeding just, you know, uh, for the sake of success. And then we found ourselves in a position. My wife had gotten really, really sick. I needed to be able to spend more time at home. I had to free myself up. And so we ended up making some changes. And, and in that process, uh, there were several things that I, that I learned. One was um, I was missing out on some of the most important things. Now, one was my kids growing up. I was I was repeating a generational curse that, you know, I grew up with and led and I saw what it led to. And I had to make a determination that if I'm going to uh, break that curse, if I'm going to break that cycle, I'm going to have to do something different. So I had to make some changes. And that's how I ended up. Uh, I'm still, I've never been out of practice. I've always been in practice. I just transitioned to how much I was in practice. And so I made a transition, decided that I wanted to uh, be able to spend more time with my kids um, because when I ended up with them, you know, being hard charging and practice and all those things, and then my wife got sick and I needed to be able to spend more time at, at home to take care of her and, and what was going on with the kids. I, I had to start slapping reality. I didn't know who my kids were. I didn't know anything about them. I didn't know what they liked. I didn't know what they didn't like. I, did, I didn't know anything about them. And I was like, I've, I've got to make some changes. And then in that process, I ended up in education and coaching and I was still practicing. And, you know, I found that I had, I had an ability to be able to reach kids and, and be able to take the things that I had learned and the struggles that I had overcome and say, Hey, maybe I can teach these kids how to get, get ahead in life. And that's kind of what set me on my my you know trajectory of, of purpose. My purpose solely is to try to help people do and and try to avoid a lot of the pitfalls that I fell into because I've had to learn everything the hard way. I, I, I've just it's just been you know the way things have gone for me. I've I've had to bust my butt for everything that I've got, and if I can help somebody be able to skip a step or two to be able to get ahead and be able to enjoy life a little bit more, then that's what I'm here for. That's great. And that takes me to the next question I was thinking of is, you know, a lot of people will share their successes, but they never really share, you know, what they failed at because, you know, most successful people failed fast at certain things. They still failed. It's just they recognize that they weren't working. So you've learned a lot of things. You had to unlearn a lot of things in your journey. Give us some examples of what those are. So uh, this this kind of goes back to that mentality of things. So this has been a, a struggle for a long time. One was uh, my attitude about money. And, you know, it, it, a lot of times people associate money. And if you're living, you know, God's purpose and, and doing all those, those things don't mix. And, and you're kind of imprinted. I've, I've been watching and reading some of the stuff by uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza. And, um, and he gets into a lot of neurology and brain you know, patterns and those types of things. And one of the things that he talked about, he said, you're imprinted by the age of 12, your basic concept, you know, your basic understanding and concepts of things, and including money and, you know, handling stress and, and doing all those things. And, you know, my dad was an accountant. He constantly stressed over money. And, and it was it was a constant, you know, source of frustration. And, and I found myself doing the same thing. And there's times that I still, you know, will, Start, if I'm not conscious of it, I'll slip back into that. And I've had to unlearn that process. Um, one of the other things that I, that I had to learn unlearn, slash unlearned was when I was in the service. My first squad leader was, was very different from everybody else. And because, you know, everybody associates being in the military, everybody just stands around and yells at each other. And it, it really isn't that way. But, um, but 
you know, even still my, my first squad leader, he didn't hardly ever raise his voice to us. You know, as long as we were doing what we were supposed to do, everything was fine. And finally one day I asked him because all the other squad leaders were constantly yelling at their guys and, and uh, giving them what we call smoke sessions out in the courtyard and, you know, things like that when they went, when they didn't listen. And he said, I'm going to tell you the same thing that I told, you know, I, I was told when I was a young soldier, he said, if all I ever do is yell at you, when I have something really important to say, you're not going to hear me because it sounds like everything else that I say. And, you know, I grew up in a household that, you know, there was a lot of yelling and, and things like that. And that was kind of my default. And when he told me that, that made a lot of sense. And so I approached my leadership that way. I, you know, I led my soldiers that way. I've coached that way. I've raised my, my kids that way. And that has been a very, very profound thing. Um, you know, to where if people know that you have a certain, you know, kind of even keel, if you come out of that, there's a specific reason for it and it's going to get people's attention. And, you know, that, that's something that was very, very impactful for me. Oh, I agree with that. And when my mother passed away, we, she gave us each a baby book. We didn't know she was collecting all the little things about us. And apparently when I was five years old, I gave my dad a note that said, you can't control me with your voice. <laughs> and, and out of uh, out of nine kids, he would never raise his voice to me. Yeah, because I didn't tolerate it. I don't know where that came from. I just it was, and and I've always been that way. I I, and yeah. I say that you know, just because you're raising your voice doesn't mean somebody's going to hear you better. You know, yeah. and I think you're right. I mean, it is normal to get upset and angry or want you know raise your voice, but to do it all the time, then there's no there's no uh, what we would call analog marking in in psychology. You don't know that it's important or not. And our yeah. brains have certain cues that they do. So there, you talk a lot about mental aspects of success. I mean, when, when you look at a project or like when you get up and give a keynote speech and you do these things to help motivate or you get up and coach somebody, maybe you're down at halftime or whatever and you're, you're working with your team, how do, you, how do you relate that mental aspect? Because it's easy to be positive when everything's going right. It's yeah. the, the, the real leader is the one that stays positive, even when things, you know, the wheels come off the, off the train and, you, and you've got to get it back on track. Yeah. The, the, the key to that is, is that mental preparation has to start way ahead of time. Um, you know, that, that goes back to your, you know, when I was coaching, that that's, you know, a daily thing. You know, you're constantly talking about that mental aspect, mental preparation. When we would have our team meetings, all right. You know, from a mental standpoint, what do we need to do here? How do we approach this? And learning how to, to implement processes and those things. And so when we have those situations where we're down at halftime or, you know, it, it's coming up on a challenging situation, the biggest thing is, is that, you know, you don't want to overinflate, but you don't want to underinflate either. And so, uh, you know, you, you've got to know your people and you speak into your people for what you know motivates them. And you're going to positive. you got to tell them you can do this. And you give them examples, you know, give them a couple of brief examples of when they have done it and, and get that little fire in them. And, and, but the thing is, is getting to laser in and focus on, you know, the task at hand, take one play at a time. It's just, this is the same thing as success, uh, you know, same, same thing as business. You take one thing at a time it's, it, and keep a picture of the whole picture. Don't get so locked down on all the little individual pieces because when you start looking at all the individual pieces and all the to-do tasks and all those things, and I'm just as guilty of it. Sometimes my wife has to reel me in. And, you know, I get so, I, I look at my to-do list and it's like, you know, where do I start today? And, and um, it, it's the same application. 
you know, you, you just focus in on all the all the 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 tasks that you're dealing with, present time consciousness, deal with what's in front of you at the moment, and then move on to the next thing, and then try to maintain your your image of how does this piece fit into the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. So let's imagine for a moment that I'm a an athlete. I'm coming to you. Maybe I had an injury. That's what brought me to you. And now my thinking's shifted off course. What kind of tools, techniques, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever, what do you bring to the table that allows them to overcome that adversity and start moving on? And maybe talk from a doctor's perspective too, what are some of the tools in your toolbox uh, that you apply to rapidly get them, first of all, of course, back on the field, but to get them back on the field with the right mindset so they can start to achieve? Yeah, the the biggest thing about an athlete that you're you're having to rehab and, and work with is is the fear. Um, they're, they're afraid, especially if they've never been hurt. Uh, some of these high school athletes, they, they encounter their first injury and it seems to take them twice as long to come back, uh, than, than somebody that's already had an injury or had an injury earlier on. And they've already had that experience. And yeah, you're, like you said, there is a mental process that has to take place. They have to build that confidence up in it. And so when you're going through and doing your rehab, uh, if you're doing good rehab, you should have you should be establishing where their baseline is, progress, regress at times when it's necessary, mm -hmm. but constantly do that reinforcement of okay, see, you can do this and and you know, reinforce that every time they come in and and make sure that they are recognizing and that they see the the progress that they're making. And then get them to once they get to the point where they realize, you know what, this isn't gonna hurt anymore. And I can actually go full tilt. You know, they, they'll get out there and they'll execute. That's awesome. Now, I know that when I was working with the uh, gymnasts, the Olympic, um, they were trying to qualify and they were all pretty much the same. I mean, but the problem was those that could recover after injury, those are the ones that made it onto the Olympics because everybody got injured. I mean, that the, oh, yeah. that's a, people don't think about that as being a dangerous sport, but those guys are throwing their body, the girls and the guys are throwing their bodies around and they're doing things that, seem yeah. unnatural so what do you do for and, and i love what tom brady's group we're, we're starting to work with them now and they talk about prehab yeah. you know people don't uh often think about that tell us a little bit about your strategies around that so with prehab i actually have a a, a program that i wrote and i've gotten to uh deliver it several times now uh, matter of fact i got to go up to uh the nfl combine and uh, they had the uh, professional uh, football chiropractor uh, society that was having their annual conference uh, there at the combine. And I got to go up and present my um, uh, information on non-contact ACL prehab and how to identify risks. And, and all those prehab is absolutely, you know, the, the goal is to be able to identify problems before they become problems. And so from my standpoint, you know, I do a lot of functional movement. I'm going to look and see how somebody moves. I'm going to put them through some basic movements. I'm going to put them put them through some athletic movements. And we're going to see how they operate. And then we're going to take plans and we're going to take the time to address those issues before they become a major problem. Because it's essentially, it's a risk assessment. You're doing a risk assessment. And then now you're taking the steps to minimize that risk. Right. That's great. And, and a lot of this is in your book, right? I mean, you wrote a book called Success by Design, Principles for Creating Your Best Life. And yeah. you're actually, anybody listening to this, if you go to the site, there's a place on there, right? That they can register and get 
the first chapter to see if this is something they want to apply. Tell us a little bit about that journey of yeah, writing a book and sharing it with people. Yeah, so um, I've wrote that book. That's actually my, I guess, third book, uh, if you consider, you know, my first book I put out last year, uh, it was a book on a collecting of stories and how I approached, uh, you know, a framework, putting together a framework, taking a business model and applying it to raising your family. And then we wrote a, a study guide to go with that. And then in May of this year, uh, you know, published the, my next book, Success by Design. And it's, it's the process that I went through to figure out how to, you know, succeed. And it, it, it's a framework. You know, again, it's, it's not, um, it, it's taking you through how do you determine what your purpose is and, and distinguishing between what is purpose versus passion. And, and, you know, versus the mode that you do it with and understanding that all those things are incremental, incremental parts. Um, you know, just because you have a profession, your purpose may not necessarily have to do anything with your profession, but it may be the mode that you serve your purpose in, uh, if that makes sense. And then your passion is the energy that goes with it. And then we go into the process of, of different types of goal setting and understanding how those different types of goal setting apply. I also get into the different phases of success and, and kind of guide people through that process to, to get on track for where they want to go. And what's interesting is um, you're willing to share even your parenting skills, right? You have a couple of books. You, you yeah. alluded to those. I was going to bring those up. One is the pillars of powerful parenting. And mm -hmm. then not only reading the book, because knowledge itself is in power, right? It's applied. So you have a guidebook on how they can do it. Tell There might be some parents out there listening to this saying, wow, uh, how can I transmit this knowledge to my children so yeah. that they can be powerful children and get, achieve their goals? Tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah, so that book came out. That was a book of 10 years uh, in the making. It took me 10 years to finish that book. And it started from my time when I was in the classroom. I would have, you know, that's where I kind of started figuring out what my purpose was. I had these high school kids that were coming and talking to me and asking me for advice. And it was anything from their personal relationships to, you know, friends and how to deal with those things and then stuff that was going on at home. And the more I started talking to them about the stuff that was going on at home, you know, I was relating it back to the dysfunction that I had in my own household growing up and the things that I was trying to prevent within my own household and was able to take it and break it down into 10, basically 10 parts that were essential and seemed to be lacking in a lot of these people's households. And I would, I took all these conversations that I had with kids and I started writing them down. And so each chapter in that book, the first half of each chapter is actual conversations that I had with kids. I kind of channeled it through a single character, but it was multiple conversations with several different kids over, over the years. And the second half of each uh, chapter is my explanation as to why I gave the answer that I did. The overall you know, overarching theme of that is providing a framework to be able to deal with conflict and to minimize conflict and to handle things within your house. And the majority of it, nine out of the 10 are basic business model principles, effective communication, having a set of core values, um, you know, uh, goal setting, you know, you can have goals within your family. Uh, when you look at raising your kids, raise them with the end product in mind, there's a type of goal setting that's called reverse planning. And, you know, a lot of times I use kind of smart goal type planning when I do things, but when it came to our kids, we did reverse planning. And so we, 
we kept the end product of what we wanted. When our kids walked across that stage and they're 18 years old and they're about to step out and they're considered an adult, whether they're gonna to go to college or whatever that is that they're gonna do, they're still considered an adult. What does that need to look like? And we back planned that and, and we're very intentional about the lessons that we wanted them to learn along the way. That's pretty powerful because I don't think there's nobody. I know when my my dad, uh, I was old enough to remember him saying this and he had finally become sober, you know, after being an alcoholic. And he yeah. said, it's like I woke up and I had nine kids. I mean, nobody had to get a, a degree, a certificate to uh, become a parent. Right. You can yeah. all you have to do is have a back seat and a, and a couple of beers. And yeah. you, can, you can be a parent, you yeah. know. So you've, you've created a series not only for sports, but for parents, because really we're in the performance of our lives. Everyone is really uh, and we're built by design to achieve and succeed or, you know, basically atrophy. So you came up with the 10 weeks programs. Tell me a little yeah. bit about why 10 weeks and what are some of the outcomes that you uh, you want to play into that? And maybe if you have some success stories to tell us. Yeah. So uh, I've got a couple of different programs that in place that they're all modeled uh, essentially basically the same, but it's taking the foundation of, of the books. So my one on parenting, I have some parents and and teens that I work with. I'm not a psychologist. I tell them up front, I'm not a psychologist. I'm just somebody that has been in a classroom. I've worked with a lot of kids. I see where the problems are. Um, I've, you know, we've dealt with a lot of things with our own kids. I have five children. Um, almost all of them are grown at this point. We have one left at home. And, but we've taken all these things and we've put them into practice with our, with our own kids. And my wife and I wanted to make sure that those things worked before I even put the book out. That's why it took 10 years to write it. And so, you know, we've had, um, we had a family that we were working with recently. It was a, a mom and her son, uh, stepdad didn't necessarily want to be involved, which that's fine. Um, you know, mom was the one that originally approached us and mom was a recovering alcoholic and the, she had a 14 year old son and he seemed to be angry all the time. And, and, um, and when we sat down, you know, I, I took some time. I talked to her. I took some time and I talked to him, tried to get an idea of isolate what it was that he was angry about. And then took those things and, and used those as goal setting points, you know, as we went through the book and the study guide, you know, that follows along with my parenting book. And then I've got the same thing set up for uh, my success by design. You know, I've got coaching for that where I can you know, sit down and guide people through. And the reason that it's 10 weeks is because we go through a chapter a week. And uh, you know, sometimes that for, on the success by design, one is sitting down and figuring out where they're at in their process and their journey and, and figuring out where our starting point is. It's kind of more of a fact-finding session first. And then we start going into all the different uh, components and aspects and, and putting them through exercises. To, to help guide them on that journey. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about how people can follow you because you were just at the TAPS conference. You're, you do a lot of speaking out there. Uh, tell us a little bit about how they can follow you. And if somebody wants to hire you as a speaker, mm -hmm. uh, tell us about the process. So if somebody's listening that maybe they want to bring you into a parent group, maybe they want to have you speak for their sports group uh, or even trainings. I mean, we're going to get you involved with brain tap training. So if you're yep. wondering, we're going to see more of you. We, we hope to see a lot more of you. So yeah, tell me about that. 
Yeah, so I've got a website. It's drdavismcallister.com. Biggest things, make sure you spell my last name right. It's uh, it's M-C-A-L-I-S-T-E-R. So the way I tell people is one C, one A, one L. Uh, people seem to like to add extra letters onto my name for me. Um, yeah, but you go on there and I have different pages. There's there's uh, one page, it's my media appearances where you can see other podcasts and other appearances that I've done. Uh, I've done stuff with Dave Campbell's Texas Football. I've been on Good Morning Texas. Uh, you know, a variety of different things on there. So you can see those things. And then I have a page for resources. And there's links to my books on there. And there's also links that you can get in contact with me if you're interested in one of our uh, coaching programs to be able to work with you. And then create an account. And if, if anybody listens to this, if you create an account, uh, go in there, put in the um, uh, subject line, brain tap, and I'll send you the first chapter of my parenting book. That's great. Well, we appreciate that. And I know BrainTap needs some help, but we don't have any sessions on that. So I'm going to be talking to you about converting that into some BrainTap uh, processes because, of course, yeah. we believe that, uh, you know, subconscious commitment leads to conscious action. So, yes, you know, we, we need to get that going. So tell us a little bit what's ahead for you. You know, when, when we when we talk a year from the day, what are we going to know? What's different or, or better that you've been working on? So I'm, I'm constantly working on trying to get more uh, speaking engagements. I've got a couple of different companies that uh, are talking to me about coming in and being a, a spokesperson for them, uh, being able to share parts of my experience, but also being able to help promote uh, their, you know, their agendas and and uh, and the stuff that I believe in. I don't. I'm not going to you know get up get up and speak to something that I don't believe in. I, I believe in it, so I'm going to get up and speak to it. And I've got a couple different companies. I'm also doing a lot of uh, work with veteran type companies. I've got a organization that uh, I'm currently working with. We're trying to get in working with hospitals to uh, to try to get better care for veterans that are coming in that have commercial insurance. You know, third, only 30% of veterans are actually registered with the VA. The rest of them have their own private commercial insurance. And so uh, they're having to go in the hospitals. But the problem is, is that the majority of people that are hospital staff don't know how to work with veterans. And having worked in a clinic uh, for two years where we were working with veterans with traumatic brain injury and and doing those types of things, you know, you you come up with a, a laundry list of things that that need to be addressed and how to approach these veterans with with you know different topics. And so uh, so that I'm working with one organization trying to help with that process. And then here in the state of Texas, they are in the process of putting through legislation now that uh, every hospital and healthcare facility that when somebody comes in, they have to ask the question, are you a veteran? And and so there's some training programs that go along with that. I'm also starting another organization uh, that I'm a CEO of. It's called Steel Six. And we are supporting uh, veteran and first responder owned companies. And uh, so we are going to help promote their products and, and those types of things. So I've got a lot of different irons in the fire. Uh, you know, I constantly want to expand my speaking, you know, speaking engagements and be able to get up and impact people and, and motivate people and inspire and get a new fire lit under, under people. It's really easy to get stagnant or kind of get in a place where you really don't know what to do next. And, you know, sometimes you just need a little bit of guidance to push a little push in the right direction. And a lot of times people will just take off from there. So I'm hoping to do do a lot more of that. That's great. Now, what have I forgot to ask you about that's that's super important in, in what you're doing? Um, 
I, I don't know. Do you want to reinforce, I guess, <laughs> one, of the, one of the two? Because I, I mean, there's a lot more. I mean, we only have a limited time, of course, on these podcasts, and we're going to yeah. get you back on at some point. I want to maybe delve even deeper into the parenting thing, because we have a lot of yeah. parents, of course, that are using BrainTap. And uh, I have another podcast called Brain Fitness, uh, the Brain Fitness Podcast. And I think that would be a good place because the parents mostly out there, this is more of our doctors and things of that nature. But yeah. tell us a little bit about... Um, you know, trainings. I mean, there might be some doctors out there that want to become the sports doctor for their their community. What would you recommend for them? So what I can recommend for them, I, I will actually, if, if uh, somebody wants me to work with them, I can come in and do training. I, like I said, I do a lot of uh, functional movement uh, work and uh, working with learning how to figure out where somebody's baseline is, how to progress, regress, knowing where those timelines are and be able to get somebody uh, back on the field, but also being able to take, you know, an athlete that is essentially healthy and preparing them, uh, figuring out what those problem areas are and increasing their performance physically. Um, and one thing that I will tell people that they need to look at, sports psychology is becoming a huge industry now. Um, uh, every professional team, college team, uh, they're all having their own sports psychologist now. And a lot of the athletes will hire their own sports psychologist because they're constantly trying to address and, and deal with the mental stress that goes along with being a performer and, and being able to be consistent in their performance. And how do you, how do you constantly mentally prepare and, and the challenges that go with all of that? And <clears throat> so I would say, you know, tell people really look at, uh, the sports psychology of things you really want to get into the mental aspect and then learning how to teach people to be able to bring that sympathetic nervous system down get them back down to a parasympathetic where they can focus um, not everything has to be in a fight or flight type scenario in order to be able to perform um, and, and teach people how to perform in that parasympathetic state so that's awesome yeah. And I mean, you do have also trainings for doctors. I mean, we have some doctors out there that are, are basically saying, Hey, what are the actual application? Cause a lot of them are, are pro protocol driven, right? You say, yeah. do this, do that for the first three weeks, then that are, you have some trainings like that as well. And then they would yeah. still contact you at the same website. You're, we're going to have all that information. If you're listening to this in your car driving, just go back to wherever you listen to this. We're going to have all of Dr. McAllister's links and social media there. You can follow him, what he's doing. He's, he does a lot of speaking, but if you know somebody out there that needs a great speaker, then he's available as well. Yep. And I've got additional trainings. I do I do uh, squat clinics. Uh, sometimes gyms will bring me in and I'll do uh, one just on squat and learning how to break that down somebody's squat and pick it apart and then how to rehab a squat. Um, and it's great from a clinical aspect as well. Um, I do different types of sports clinics as well. I do bench press. I can do a deadlift clinic. There's, there's a lot of different things that I can do. That's that's the thing. When I started working with my uh, coach to kind of get me going in the speaking industry, one of the things they tell you is, is they said, well, pick an industry, pick, pick a topic and become an expert in that topic. The problem is, is because I have so many different things that I've got hands in. Essentially, they had to narrow it. They said, all right, we're going to narrow you down to three. <laughs> so, so we're going to give you three topic areas. So my topic areas are sports, health, and, uh, you know, I'll do some friends, you know, family and, and that type of thing. And then success principles and the six success principles kind of overlap into all of them. So. 
So that's great. Yeah, and please uh, remember that uh, nobody really does this alone. We all have coaches and mentors and, and you have a program for that. So I'm gonna encourage you to reach out, learn more about Dr. McAllister. He's, he's out there moving and shaking. He's not just sitting in the classroom teaching. He's out there applying his knowledge, speaking in front of the professionals. I mean, for them to ask you to speak at the at the combine, that's a pretty big honor, um, yeah. because these are the these are the future all stars, the future Tom Brady's, and you know, uh, yeah. Paul Famers are going to be there. And if they hear the right message, start working in the right direction. So, if you're a doctor out there that is has a passion for sports, or if you're working as a parent and you need some help, please go over to Doctor. Uh, DavisMcAllister.com, and again, we'll spell it all correctly, of course, and have the links in in the show notes and. Yeah. Go learn about him, follow him on social media, find out what he's doing, because, you know, some of the simplest things that some people take for granted, like just go do squats and bench presses and all these things. People just think you just go in there and grunt it out. And mm -hmm. there's a, there's a form to it to get the most maximum result. And and I, I have heard in the past, I'm not a, I, I was a coach, but not at the level you were at uh, the but I, people will get hurt while, because they're preparing wrong. Yeah. Right? So yeah. sometimes uh, the injuries don't always happen in front of a crowd, you know, so no. we've, got to, we've got to work hard and do that. So anything else you want to leave BrainTap Nation with? Because this has been insightful. We're going to have you back. We're going to, uh, and we're, if you're not listening to my Brain Fitness Podcast, which is launching here, I'm, I'm putting it together. We're going to have uh, mental health professionals on there as well. But I would love to invite you on that podcast as well to talk about the yeah. parenting book. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be great. Um, the only other thing that I've left out is, you know, I, I'm also still actively coaching. I'm a high school powerlifting coach. Uh, my youngest daughter is one of my top powerlifters. She's got two national titles and a state title, and uh, she's only a sophomore in high school. So she's still got two more years. And I coach the entire girls team. And uh, this last year, um, I got it was two. I've got it two years in a row. I've been coach of the year uh, for Region Six, uh, 4A. Division two uh, coach of the year two years in a row because I've had a winning team. Uh, I had 27 girls make it to regionals uh, in you know this year, and then out of that, 10 made it to state. Out of the 10, all 10 finished in the top 10, and four finished in the top five to medal placed. So, you know, those are exciting things that we'll post yeah. on as well. Yeah, that's it. Congratulations. So there you go. He's not just talking about it; he's doing it out there. He's proving it with with. With the hardware, that's the that's the main thing, right? When you, when you get the hardware, that really shows it. I, I have a, a good friend of mine now that we've been working together for quite a while, and he was a professional soccer player, but I'd never had seen all his hardware. And then yeah. we got in a Zoom call, and I'm looking behind him. It looks like, you know, like my high school uh, trophy case. And he yeah. said, oh, that, those are all mine from from soccer. You know, <laughs> it's like, wow. But I guess when you get to the Premier Soccer League, you've done pretty well to get there. So, you know, people will do that. So if you're somebody out there aspiring to achieve, and if you're a parent that's kind of struggling with what to say, what to do, then you've got a solution for them. You know, it's not very expensive. The books are available on Amazon. They're only $20 yep. and the workbook's only $15. So yep. follow him, follow him, get those books, start applying it. And then uh, on social media, you give away a lot of free advice, you know, a lot of good comments. Uh, a lot of good videos and things like that. So I want to thank you, Dr. McAllister, for taking your time to be here. We're not done with you. We're going to work to get some of your trainings on the, the integrative health platform that we have, the BrainTap education system, and uh, get you training our doctors a little bit in some of these ways. So thanks a lot for being on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on. And it's always an honor for me to be able to come on and, uh, you know, to, to be invited to be able to come on, you know, that, that speaks a lot to 
know, that I, I feel like I'm fulfilling my purpose if I'm attracting people's attention. So, yeah. So if you have a podcast out there or you have a, a, a place where you'd like to have this message shared, just go over to Dr. David McAllister, um, Davis McAllister's, and there's a there's actually a contact over there. So you can fill out the contact sheet, tell him what you're about, tell him you heard him on BrainTap, and then please like and share this podcast. Share it with everyone you know that not only has to do with sports, because you know I when, when we started talking, I didn't know about the parenting book. And then no. when, when I started researching more about you, I'm like, wow, this guy's multifaceted because most people that are into sports, they, they become so consumed with sports, they don't even know they have a family. So <laughs> I know when I when I coached, my wife figured out I made 27 cents an hour because I yeah. coached at a Catholic school. You know, yeah. so, you know, I was the guy that yeah. would go on Friday nights to go scout the other team. So, you know, yeah. I time when you're the grunt you know you got to get in the car and drive and <laughs> into all the other work oh yeah yeah so you know you put in the time you're there now i mean you went from being homeless i mean here's a story someone who was homeless on the streets it's very easy to give up joined our military and thank you for your service i mean we need more people who are willing to step up and and share their story of advancement and then went on to uh, succeed in the world of coaching yourself. I mean, those are some pretty great accolades with your daughter and the team. Um, yes, you know, a real leader just doesn't do it themselves. A real leader transmits that that yeah. motivation, that determination, that desire to achieve to their to their mentees or to their teammates or to whoever they're around. So, congratulations. That's a real sign of leadership. So, I'm going to encourage everyone out there follow Dr. Davis McAllister. He's he's a man on the move. He's doing a lot. If you can help him get his message out, please share his, his wisdom and knowledge he's freely given us this this day today we're going to have him on the brain fitness podcast talking about parenting so please follow me over there you'll hear a lot more about how to apply of course the this this podcast is more for our doctors and sharing with them tricks and, and techniques that can help to accelerate their brain as well as their practice because i believe that as you increase your awareness as a doctor your your inner consciousness your outer expression of wealth and success and achievement will just they're kind of tied together you can't you can't have in the world around you what you don't have in the world within you so yep. i want to thank you for sharing those mindset tips and uh, you know we'll get this out to the world and please follow us because this is Dr. Uh, McAllister is just a fine example of what can happen when you start to apply yourself using everything that you have to achieve and then willing to share it with the world. So yeah. congratulations again. This is Dr. Patrick Porter signing off from BrainTap Nation and we'll be back again soon. So please stay tuned. We'll bring you the next and greatest thing that we can find for you to help build yourself and build your practice to new levels. We're out to better a billion brains. And if you're listening to me now, it's your brain that we're calling on to, to really uplift. And then when you uplift, you know we're going to change the world because you have an influence on your family, your friends, your coworkers, people in the world around you. So keep sharing, growing, and developing and know that you are far greater than others have told you about. Unlock your true potential and let's change the world from the inside out. Thank you.